Hi everybody and welcome to this episode of the End of Sales Podcast. I'm finally back in the host chair and ready to get stuck right back in. I'm joined by William. How are you, William? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. And I'm here on the grapevine. You've got a wee teaser question for people watching. Fire it in. No, you're not doing it. <laughs> you're not doing it. <laughs> you're doing it to me live on it. I'll give you the easy one. I'll give you the easy one then. The e teaser is there's only one Italian man ever to win the English Premier League. Who is he? Right. Bang it in the comments, whatever you think it is. And I'm also joined by Franny. How are you, Franny? Yeah, all good, all good. It's nice to see you actually doing your job for a change. <laughs> that's a, that's a bit cheeky, a bit cheeky. But here, we're, I mean, I look happy after what happened last night. I, I don't know whether it's because William and Franny are back on after the dummy out in that quiz, but sure, we'll get stuck into the show. And I mean, I think someone's already come up here with the answer, William. Yeah, I told you it was quite, easy. quite, quite easy. <laughs> but sure, we'll start where things kind of went wrong for Celtic. William popped out of three European competitions in the same season. I think it's the first ever time, obviously, it's ever happened to a club because the new competition was only introduced this season. And we're in the Champions League by Mitzelan. We got put out of the Europa League group stage, albeit by Batiste and Everkusen. We stayed in third place to qualify for the Conference League. Played Bodo Glimt. People were relatively, relatively confident about that tie. I, I was. I mean, we were underestimating them. We knew there would be a challenge. I expect them were personally. And just before we get into the wee summary, like, tell me your overall feeling knowing about Celtic's European for, form of recent seasons. Well, it's been poor, isn't it? So, uh, And it was poor yet again. I mean, I think this tie and the first leg is probably up there with the poorest performances of the season so it's not been great but um, domestically thankfully we're firing all cylinders so <laughs> always <laughs> always the comeback with a domestic form William this no, is European always, form always a bit of positivity a p- bit of positivity yeah. What's that saying? Positively breeds success. Unfortunately, in European football, Francis, it doesn't seem to happen for Celtic Football Club. For me, that needs to change. Come on, doesn't it really? It, no, I don't think any of us are denying that it needs to change, Stephen. It's just, it's kind of, I, I think ever since sort of a striking, I'm not blaming managers, so to speak, but I think striking's probably the last sort of era where we had a proper go in Europe, so to speak, where like Rogers wasn't really, got us in the Champions League, but wasn't really backed. Lennon obviously had that great uh, uh, sort of a UEFA Cup uh, run where he obviously won the group and stuff, but then it was just, uh, I think it was, like I, I can't remember if I said on the podcast last week, or Europe seems to be a wee bit of a bonus for the board, I think, as opposed to an ambition. But I believe, going on the positivity train, that uh, Ange is working to try and change that mentality. I believe Ange will be changing that mentality and thing. I totally agree. I think Anz is doing a lot right, but I think we can call out the kind of shambolic European form, William. I mean, we haven't won a European knockout tie since 2004. Yes, you can point to many teams have played in that type of period, but it's a thing that's stemmed back for years. It isn't Anz Postacoglu. It isn't his doing at all. It's been a, a regime kind of thing that's happened for years and years, and we qualify from that um, Europa League group under Lenny. Same thing, we got popped out at the first time of trying. I think for me, looking at it, William, it's a bit, I would say, embarrassing. We're getting put out put out by teams like Maribor, Bodo Glimt, Furnas Faros, Cluj. Do you want me to keep going? There's a whole list of them. Like, and <laughs> I, 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 whole, I, get the, I get the whole point that we have to be positive, but I do think it's right to call out what we're actually seeing, and especially if Hans Postacoglu's long, long-term aim is for European football. This isn't good enough. Um, I sort of agree with you, in a sense. Uh, before before the ties, before either leg was played, when we drew Bodo Glimp, if you told me they would have put us out, I would have said it'd be embarrassing. But after watching the two legs and seeing how good a side they are, I don't think it's an embarrassment, to be honest with you. I thought they were a very good side and they were just far better on over the two legs. Not far better beyond that. Even, even it was, I wouldn't say it was an embarrassment, but it was they're just a far, far better side than us. <clears throat> but again... A far better side with less resources. Franny's going to point yeah, out and bring up the, the, the financial side of things again. But we do it when we play the likes of PSG. We play the likes of Barcelona, Bayern Munich. We always point that they're a bigger club with far more money. We can't compete in that level. But we fall down to the Conference League. We play a team like Bolo Glimt, 
who have the a level of finance that like the Hibs and Motherwell have a stadium like the Tony Macaroni and Livingston have artificial pits which Celtic do struggle on. A team that we can't beat. A team that we can't beat. The massive finances over there. Do you think yeah. no? But do you think that's good enough for Celtic not be able to challenge Bodo Glimt? No, I, I don't think it is. I agree in that sense, Stephen. It isn't good enough. But I think that we were talking yesterday in the chat and stuff. It's it's maybe a realization of where we are. Like Bodo Glimp, like William said, they aren't a bad team. I think you've seen over the two legs that they're a really good team. They know what they're doing. Each player seems to know their job. The front three looks really good and stuff. I think it was just maybe. I thought maybe a wee bit of reality check to see where where we're actually at, but I believe I believe we are on the right path. It's just we're not and Poster Coggle said it is always saying that we're not there yet. And I think last the last two European games there have, have proved that we're not there yet. But I would say that well certainly me and Williamson think we we believe we're on the right track anyway. I don't believe going out to Bodo Glimp is an embarrassment when you see how good a team they are. Again, I totally understand that. We'll get into the game itself here. William, obviously before we entered this tie, we were already, what, 3-1 down, wasn't it, <coughs> in aggregate? It was a tough ask. And, I mean, the team that came out last night, I'll, I'll go through a few of the names. It's just, it kind of looked to me that the, the focus was mainly on the league. We, some changes, Welsh come in, Ralston come in, O'Reilly and Roger come in, Forrest come in for Abada, who's been on form since the turn of the year. Do, do you think, when you've seen that team, were you even confident at all getting the result? Uh, I, I mean, beforehand, I thought it was going to be difficult. Uh, we needed the early goal, and unfortunately, it was actually the opposite that happened. But she did the early goal. Uh, I'm, I was, I agree with you, Stephen. When the team came out, you you posted a group chat, and I was a bit, mm, yeah, I understand. But then my, my thinking was, I mean, I trust Ange, and that the team for the first leg didn't get the job done, so he's maybe, um, maybe looking to others and, and maybe another set of tactics. We discussed on the, the podcast last Friday in depth about how can O'Reilly and Rogic start together, and, and that was a worry. But I understand sort of how what he was thinking with, with Beaton coming in to protect the back four a bit more, and then and we need goals, so put on our two most creative centre midfielders. But it obviously didn't work, and we were just um, absolutely battered by the, the better team. To be fair, <laughs> I think they played. I said it last night. This Ange ball, this high intensity pressing game, they they played that against us, and they yeah. it looked when I was sitting watching the game, it looked like what we do to Scottish Premier League teams, what they were doing to us. They pressed us really high, got in our faces. We couldn't string two or three passes together because they were they were pressing that well, and it led to mistakes, which led to chances, which led to goals. Unfortunately, and they were just far far better in the night, and we looked a shadow of ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a great point to say it looked like what we do in the SPFL, the teams we do suffocate them, press them high up the pitch. I want to get some of the comments involved here. Geo Patrick says, Friday, boys, Anne's team selection clearly shows how he was with this game. I clearly on Sunday. Shake 67. Bodo has been worked on for two to three years. Celtic have have had a few months. I can only see Celtic getting stronger from it. I do agree with that right, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Ian, Ian McIntosh, Bodo are a decent side, but could have predicted, we couldn't have predicted we've been so no. poor in both legs. Franny. And I think that's that, that everyone's given fair comments here. Again, it's it's a, all about a difference of opinions. I think I would align myself with a more hardcore fun as we should be doing far, far better. I mean, in that group chat last night, I was a wee bit spiky in some of my responses because I was just fuming. Do you know, I was just raging at the way yeah. it was going on. And William made a great point. They harried us, they pressed us. We thought if we held on for the first the cliche 10 to 20 minutes, get that goal. Get at half time at least one behind and then get another goal extra time. We're all thinking that in their heads, kind of the dream scenario. But this team, Bolo Glimp, they're just they look like seasoned campaigners, don't they? I they definitely definitely look like a team that has they know what they're doing. Obviously, they did lose some key players, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know much about Bodo Glimp, but the, the players they've brought in don't look like they've on the face it don't look like there's a, a drop in performance. So they know the style they play, they need to keep playing, keep playing the system they've got. But yeah, it was like William said, you just want to go again. The first goal was key, and unfortunately, we didn't get it, and we conceded it. What's this? <laughs> Good point as well. Good point. Uh-huh. No, no, it's 
I never mm. said I don't, I don't know because it's European football. Like no. Anyway, the game. <laughs> uh, aye, so it's the first like the first goal was was key in the game, and obviously it didn't go our way. And then I suppose on paper you could say nothing essentially changed because we, we needed three goals essentially to go through. I feel want to go through in real time or an extra time. So on the face it nothing changed, but it just made that goal and conceding it so early. I think it just the game plan was kind of totally out the window after ten minutes again. So it was. Yeah, just it was another night where we we never turned up, and it's what happens when you come up against a really good team. And to touch on the the lineup, I think I think you can obviously say it was with an eye on Sunday, but I think he was intelligent in how he done it. Like Ralston, who's been superb this season, kept his place at right back. Uh, Scales, who like Taylor's been coming under a wee bit of pressure, so Scales comes in. Carter Vickers was obviously. Dropping him as an obvious sign you're looking towards Sunday because you're dropping your best centre half. But then you bring in Beaton, who has, I think we can all agree, has had a really good season as well. Roberts and Riley might have not worked last season, eh, last week, sorry, but I can understand <laughs> it then. Eh, for like Forrest Mayed and Yakamakis, it's uh, on paper, it's a, it's a strong team, as a strong team, but you can see it was way an eye on Sunday. I do believe, obviously, if we got that goal and we were in the game, it would have put. Like Brummy and Ombre McGregor came on, but they guys might have came on like Yota and stuff like that later on to try and chase the game. But I think he obviously had a had an eye on Sunday, and then when things weren't going away, it was it was just kind of protect for Sunday. But and intelligent may not like sort of wave the white yeah. flag, so to speak. I think um, Ian McIntosh, welcome to the show again, Ian. Uh, thanks for watching. He says, I think Anne's tried to stay in the game and go for it later. If that went the plan, that's kind of what you're saying in terms of mm-hmm. he was intelligent mm-hmm. about it. If things went his way, he had impact players that come on with him. But let, let's talk about some of the changes that did happen. And first of all, I want to start with Forrest, because he seems to be the hot topic in everyone's mouth, especially on the, the social media hemisphere, as we all call it. You always call me the Twitter maniac, I'm always on it watching things. But again, Forrest, for me, he, he came in. I didn't expect it, to be honest. I thought Abada would have started. I know Anthony in the previous podcast predicted Forrest would start, so fair play to him. But Forrest, to me, again, showed last night that he is on the decline. I have to be blunt about it. Yes, he has not a run of games, but he's come back from injury. He's trained with the team. He's played it in fits and starts, come on for cameos. He just doesn't look himself. Their left back, with Bemo, I think he's called. Another cracking performance by him. He had him in his back pocket, much like he did with Abada as well. I have to admit that. But what do you think the, the issue is with Forrest? Do you think it's a run of games that he needs? Do you think it's a lack of confidence? Or is it that he's on a decline? Uh, I, I think it's just fitness and that he needs a run of games again and he needs to get back. Uh, playing regular and again, I think it's I think it's unfair to single him out. You I mean <laughs> I, it's, it's, no, no. it's the same? It's the same. I've got to go through the team. I, I know, I know, but it's the same. <laughs> like Taylor gets it every time as well. It's as if it's like we need to find a negative point, so we can't call out Jota or Rogic or whatever. So we we need to call out this person. Every everybody was ranked rotten last night. Not just James Forrest. The yeah. whole team was, mm. and. Uh, and I, I, I just think it's unfair to say that he's on the decline when he's only been for the past whatever many weeks getting twenty minutes a game and he's not even getting to show his abilities. I don't think he's anywhere near on the decline, or or I, I think he's got plenty more in the tank, and I think he will show it. I think he has shown it this season in big games. We we needed him to save us in that semi final uh, in the cup. He came on and scored the goal. He scored the winner. Uh, and I think there'll be plenty more times we'll rely on him this year as well. So uh, I don't think he's uh, dead in the water at all yet. I think he's, there's plenty, plenty more to come, and I think we'll, I think we will see it. Uh, saying that, I thought Abada made a difference when he came on. He looked lively, got shots away, created chances. Um, so he look, did look far better. But um, I think it was just a poor, poor night overall for most. Yeah, I mean, Ian McIntosh comes in again. I hate digging out individuals <coughs> and try to look at the collective. I totally agree, but I'm just mm-hmm. going with the, the positions changes and who come in. I'm going to go through some of the players of the team, Ian, so don't think I'm I'm singling through <laughs> Forrest there for, for no particular reason. But William makes a great point in terms of Forrest. People do say it's because he lack of fitness, run of games, he hasn't really had time to get implemented in this style of play because he was injured for large parts of the season. But with my eyes and what I can see, but I'm, I'm no football expert, I'm not, not claiming to be, he just looks maybe a yard slower. He doesn't take his man on or front him up. He never done it once last night. 
every time he received the ball, it was passed backwards, and Anz hates that. He, he heard him say it during the game. Um, and right, Williams, right, when a battle came on, you've seen a, a noticeable difference in, in what he offered. I'm, I'm just thinking, is Forrest, for my opinion, on the decline? And yes, Williams' right to say he played Pebble the Rose in that semi-final, also in the build-up to the goal against Bayer Leverkusen, which one of the, one of the best team goals we've scored this season in European football. But what's what's your take on it? Because everyone else has loads of different opinions. So I thought, I, I'm going to side with William in the sense that I think fitness does play a part. For me, also, I think it looks a confidence thing, just for the outside looking in. The guy looks shorty, a bit of confidence. bad has maybe played a part in that, and the fact that Forrest probably... He's a seasoned campaigner. He's been there for, God, over 10 years, I think. 10 years now and stuff. Yep. Won plenty, plenty of trophies. And he's probably, like, the last sort of 18 months, I've never known Forrest to be out so like so much through injury. And he's probably sitting there absolutely frustrated and then realising he's no... And he's, no, he's, no got, he's not getting the chances that maybe he thinks he needs because... Because how well Abada's playing and stuff, and then when he, he's getting like these twenty-minute cameos, it's maybe in games where we're we're up two, three goals, and the team's stepping off a wee bit, so he's not really, the team's not really uh, playing at a hundred mile an hour for us. Uh, would like to do. I think for me, a lot of it looks confidence. I like I said in the, the group chat yesterday as well. Was, I just think the guy needs a goal or a just a good game. He needs a good game or one or two good games. And I think. I think you'll see the best of him again because the guy's on like 96 goals or something, 97 assists. He's won everything at Celtic. So even like a key figure within the dressing room, he'll know, like these players can look at him and say, well, he's done it. He knows what he's talking about. If he needs to just kind of have a wee word on him and stuff. I'd, I'd, I'm just not really subscribing to this, that he's on the decline. Like I just, for me, it just looks like a massive confidence thing for me maybe stem for his frustration at the fact that he's been out injured so much and not contributing. I agree with that it's, as well. See, see, because I think you if you're watching games, he's when he is, he's, he's taken one touch more than normal or, ah. or he's no... And, and, and I think it is because it, it's more... It's, in a, it's a thought process, whereas before, when he was at his peak for me, it was reactive. Mm-hmm. He's not even thinking about it. It's just happening. He'll drop a shoulder and shift it and burst a net or he'll not take that extra touch or he plays a pass. And I just think he's he's just working his way back. And and that, like, i seen I seen an interview with Jack Wiltshire and I thought it was brilliant. He singled at a Danish club there last week. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, I've been training all year. He says, I'm ready for games, but I'm not match fit. The only way you can get match mm-hmm. fit is to play matches. Well, matches uh-huh. And I think that's what Forrest needs. Saying that, yeah. I mean, how how you meant to give him matches when exactly a, bad, yeah. a badder's flying, you've got Jot on the other wing, and you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. difficult to get in the side. But I um I I I, I really really think that's all it is. I don't think he I don't think he's on the decline of lost a yard the pace or anything like that. I just think he just needs a bit of confidence and, and a bit more time. I think Franny's right. If he gets a goal or or a couple of assists or whatever, and a wee run, and then I think he might uh, hit the ground running, and then we might see the bit, bit the best of James Forrest again. See, it's funny, isn't it? All these different opinions. I mean, I'm I'm of the opinion he has the decline, and there's two against me already thinking he's not. <laughs> it's just it's just a difference of opinion. Ian yeah, McIntosh yeah. <clears throat> comes back in saying, "Sorry, I wasn't taking the swipe. I know you weren't, big man. Don't worry about that." <laughs> and then he he said he's probably one of the most patient supporters. Me, I'm not patient. I'm sure you can get that no, already. But <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned Taylor, and this is another thing. Skills come in last night at left back. James Hislop said Scales is not a left back, he plays like a centre back. And Scales has already said his preferred position is in a back three or a back two if it's a centre back parent. I thought, again, he didn't look good last night. And I know a lot of fans who you think he's the best thing since sliced bread coming out of Ireland have been impressed when, when he's playing domestic football. But for me, William, he did look a bit out of his, his depth last night. His passing wasn't going well. He was he, their um, right winger still backing. What a what a player he is, by the way. Yeah. And apparently, he, apparently he was offered to Celtic, which is madness that they didn't take him. But sure, that's all hearsay at the minute. But for me, neither Taylor or Scales are European left backs. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree with that. I would agree with that. I like Taylor. I'm a big fan. And and by the way, I really really like Scales. But I must say, this is going to sound terrible. But when I'm sitting watching Scales last night. 
in a weird way. Like, and, and again, I can't pigeonhole skills. He was terrible, but mm. the whole the whole team as a collective were absolutely yep. rank rotten. Absolutely so, great as well. so this isn't me picking on skills. He had a shocking game. But when I was sitting watching it, I was kind of not glad. That's not the word, or relieved or whatever. But I was sitting saying, maybe people will lay off Taylor a wee bit here. If this was Greg Taylor playing this game now, Oof. everybody and their mother would be on social media telling telling you how bad he was and how he should be shipped out and sell. And these are all the same people that are saying Scales should be replacing him. Um, and it just goes... And by the way, I think Scales has been... Every time he's played this season, other than last night, I think he's looked superb and he, he looks great going forward. Uh, but again, last night, he was similar. I mean, he was trying, but he was similar. He'd try to get forward and, and you, you want to whip the crossing, but he's turning back and playing a pass back the way. And uh, it's a mixture of... Mixture of us being very, very, very poor and both of them just being very, very good. I just over the yeah. two legs, I just think, and I think, uh, I think now looking back, we we turned up and we never, we never believed we were going to win that match. No. And then after seven th- minutes, it's just that's <laughs> it. you know it's game done and, and it's just a matter of. Uh, I think as well, like the, the the thing that bugs me the most is like Bodo Glimp really done their homework. They had two months of their pre-season. They focused on Celtic because they knew that was their next high and they executed their game plan really well, Franny. And we'll have to salute them for that. They did. that. They taught us a lesson in both legs. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's right to say, you said last night, William, on, on the chat, they and balled us. And they did. They they, they did. They, they took it to us and we couldn't cope with it. And it's up to us to improve our levels. That's what frustrates me the most because I believe we can compete, especially in the Conference League level. But people are screaming and shouting, we're going to be in the Champions League next year. If we're going to play like, like at the Champions League, we'll slap the boat. £40 million not worth it if we're going to get slapped about. But shoot them for a pass back. Got it and won. Scales has never been good enough. <laughs> Taylor, you Taylor, that. I heard Franny say it, and I was like, that must be it. So I just went for it. So, Scales is never good enough, Taylor much better. But what's your opinion that the whole left-back position needs improved drastically for European football? I mean, drastically is maybe a bit, bit much, but it, it does it does need improved. I've, I've never been Taylor's biggest fan, but you've got to give the guy credit. I think this year, and especially for the sort of leading up to the winter break thereafter, the guy's, guy's not really put a foot wrong and stuff, but... I think obviously like in Europe last, uh, last week it, it wasn't great but again the team wasn't great then his replacement came in yesterday wasn't wasn't great it's I think I mean I, I do think we need to go for another left back in, in the summer but I do a bit of me thinks Ange believes a bit in Taylor and I think I, I actually think he likes Taylor and skills to be honest with you but I do. For me, I do think we need. To, we, we should be aiming, but we should be aiming for better than that. But like, well, I'm not wanting to sit here and batter players when it wasn't just one player that's cost us last night. It was. We know. We know. And see another thing as well before we move on from the team itself. I mean, this O'Reilly and Rosic's experiment in the middle of the park, William, cannot happen again. Far too slow, laboured. It was potentially the slowest midfield I've seen Celtic play in years last night. Beaton sometimes has a turn of pace and he closes the player down, but Rodzik and O'Reilly just don't suit that system together. Individually, yes, but together, definitely not. No, I mean, I brought it up last week and I, w- I really wanted to hear everybody's opinion about it because we'd only seen it once in Europe, obviously in the first tie, and um, I was surprised to see it again, especially against this side. Like I say, they Ange balled us. They pressed us. I felt like we needed steel in midfield. So the likes of Hatate and Kalmak, who Harry Harry players and win the ball back, which is not Rogic and O'Reilly. Um, I just thought we were bullied in the middle of the park because we didn't have that, and uh, uh, that's why I was surprised at the lineup to start off with. But like I said at the start, I understand he was. We need goals. We'll, we'll stick our two most creative centre midfielders in there, and and hope they can do the business. But. I posed the question last week and I wanted to hear it and my opinion was it's one or the other for me yep. you have a, you have a number six who sits and cleans up and does has a bit of dig and and, and wins possession back and, and starts play you've got a number eight who again has a bit of dig gets box to box can pass the ball i.e. Hatati and you have mm-hmm. a number 10 which is a creative player who can find a pass dribble 
which is for me an O'Reilly and Rogic. And uh, I think you have two in each position and you rotate. Yeah, I agree. So, i.e., for me, Calmack, well, Calmack can play six and eight. Mm-hmm. Atati's an eight. McCarthy's a, a six or an eight. And then they two are number tens and you rotate they two. And I, I, for me, I don't think you can you can play them. Unless, like, I mean, Franny touched on it last week as well about when we're playing, without <laughs> sounding disrespectful, a Dundee or a, and you want to, you want to uh, let the creative players play, then maybe then. But uh, in Europe, uh, that's a massive no-no. I think in European football, it, it, the, the weakness has got exposed. And shooting for a pass back comes in a great point here. Bruno Glimp exposed the <coughs> affair of fullbacks in so many decent Euro time. What I think about that is, it's like, we do have quality in the right-back position with Ranovic and Ralston. They've got the recovery. They can recover well in situations. Unfortunately, on the left, when they're in that kind of centre midfield field they seem to get sucked in a lot. I mean, Geo Patrick comes up in here as well, saying Scales got sucked in for their last goal, left, mm-hmm. left back door wide open. Mm-hmm. Taylor does the same for me. So if you had a Ranovic-type player who can fit into that centre midfield position, come back and defend, then that system will work, and, and in Europe as well. I, I firmly believe Anne's had something with the system he's in plan, so I'll stick with him on that. Geo Patrick comes in again and says, definitely, William, they don't work hard enough. And that's another thing, Francis. Yes, it may look like they're not working hard enough, but I can guarantee they're probably sweating their balls off, trying to close down and get the players and challenge and press, yeah. but they're just not quick enough. And when they made the point, in domestic football, like you said, Franny, as well, in the past, it could probably do well if you're... Cl- if you're in the other team's half, you can yeah. play them killer balls, they could do it. But your European football's a no-no. Yeah, and I think that's like, was it that uh, shooting for a pass back? I think that's where we're possibly getting exposed with the inverted fullbacks yesterday, uh, yesterday was when you play like an Arrogates earlier because they've not really got the pace, it's not their game because beyond them to kind of go wide like how Hitati does, he'll maybe cover over, cover over for them. So I think obviously the Rogets are a O'Reilly combination maybe exposed to the inverted fullbacks as well a wee bit, but yeah, just we with it, we understood it. We I kind of thought I wasn't surprised it beat on coming in, but I thought it would have been McGregor then Rogic or O'Reilly. Not I didn't think McGregor would have got dropped. Uh, so I just it, it was a for a wee bit, that was that was a team selection that surprised me. It was the, the Rogets and the Riley mm-hmm. one coming in because we've seen it didn't work at home where you've got the bigger park, the crowd behind you. It's kind of everything in your favour. It, it didn't work then, so I was, I was surprised he went, he tried it again, but that's it was just one of them. It just it never worked, work. and I don't think it'll happen again in another European game. I think it's, I think it's difficult for the defence, by the way, because if, if if we don't defend for the front and the front men in the in the midfield don't do their work, then we are screwed at the back because of the Aye. way we play. And I don't think we pressed well enough last night, and they got through us far too easy. The first goal there was five yep. on three at the back, and yeah. uh, you feel for the defence because you're sitting. There's people are shouting at Telly Slayton. He's no, he's not tucked inside, or he's not wide enough. Well, he's having to come in because. There's, we're five on three here because the front men in our midfield haven't pressed well enough or done their job well enough. We need to defend as a team. It's not all about the back line and I don't think we did that well enough over the two legs. I totally agree. That's a fantastic point. I think the back line, though, I mean, they could have done better in the certain situations throughout, throughout <laughs> both, both legs of the, of the game, but I think we've covered that in depth. And just before we move on from the team as well, I want to touch upon Mieta. Um, Franny, I'll come to you first here. There seems to be a few people already writing him off so early in his Saturday career. He played out in the left last night and he wasn't involved at all, but that was much because he wasn't getting the service. He was making the runs. He's always making himself available. At one point, he tracked the whole way down the pitch just to get a touch or a feel of a man or a touch of a ball. Mm-hmm. He ha- he does have that work ethic and I think he'll come good. I think sometimes, like I did, I'll admit, with Yakimakis, I wrote him off really early on and look, look at him now and I don't want to do the same with Mieta. But sorry before I come on to you, heel, heel. Scott, hi. Thanks for coming to the show. Hello, Scott. Ian Mac, Ian Mac, Taylor's a good pro, gives us all but lacks European level. I totally, totally agree. And then back to the Mieta thing. What, what's your opinion on the whole Mieta situation at the minute? Well, was, I mean, we spoke about it last week when we actually touched on him and Yakimakis. It's, I think, well, it'll be four and eight games or something that Mieta's got dead or thereabouts. So, in the face, it's, it's a decent enough return for a guy that's just came in. But, I mean, the guy's just off the back of a full season in Japan. 
mm-hmm. played the Olympics. He's obviously flew over to play some qualifiers recently in January. The guy's not had a break and stuff. It, and we're probably, fans are probably guilty. I've been a wee bit of myself's guilty. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not comparing him to Kyogo because mm-hmm. Kyogo came in, hit the ground running. A wee bit of me is expecting Maeda to do that because he's finished that league as a top goal scorer. He's a player Ange already knows because Ange signed him for Yokohama Marino. So a wee bit he's sitting there going, well, it should be seamless. But it doesn't work like that, does it? It's a total confidence in Maeda coming good. You can see there is a player in them. I wouldn't say he's been brilliant. I wouldn't say he's been rotten. I think if you say, look at Maeda now, just, I think he's been, a, a, I don't know if success is the right word, but he's not, he's been a good signing so far. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's, he's not set the world on fire, but again, I just, I, I don't get this just writing a guy off. And I, I think it's, it's probably guilty of Kyogo's impact more than his own and folk are judging him on that. But I, yeah. I, like I said last week as well, I think you'll see the best in Maeda next season. And he says a wee bit I of agree. time to sort of to relax a wee bit then go afresh. But I still think he'll contribute towards the end of this season. Yeah, I think he will as well. And Ian McIntosh and knows him well enough not to bring him to the other side exactly. of the for nothing. I totally agree with that. And then James, he, James agrees with you. Francis, he got the men he's played all season. And I think this brings it back to the point that you said, William, near the start of the show, where People, like myself sometimes, yes, I hold my hands up, try and find a negative within a situation. They kind of pick at it, and then they kind of believe, they put them in this, this mindset where you're like, this guy isn't going to make it. But I do believe Mieta will come good. He's played a full season in Japan, finished joint top goal scorer of a Brazilian guy. His name's escaped me. I think it was Leonardo tomorrow, I think. Another stat for you. But <laughs> I, th- I think... Um, I think on the left, maybe not his best position. I think it's through the middle, like Kyogo. Yeah. And a frightening, a frightening prospect for me is Kyogo back, Med on the left, and Jad on the right. Unbelievable. What about yourself? Mm. Don't know about that. Abada's been absolutely frightening. Ah, yes, I know. But you know, I, mean? no, but I, know. I hear what you're back. saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, I totally agree. I think he's a top, top player. I think we were so poor last night. But Maedo is probably our best player. And I'm not saying that when he meant he was any good. He was probably about a 4 out of 10, but he was probably our best player. And he, he missed a Saturday, he should have added his goal total. Um, but I think he's absolutely made for Angie's style, and that's why he's brought him in. He's, his pressing is unbelievable. His work rate is unbelievable. Uh, more goals will come. He scored more than enough goals for a forward coming in here. Like Franny said, I think it's 4 and 8. That's an unbelievable return. <laughs> Uh, to be writing them off, I think is nuts. And I'm like you, I, I said, it's a massive bugbear of mine. And I hope it doesn't, because this is what's happened with Taylor. It's like we lose games and it's like, let's point the finger at somebody. And then it kind of becomes this thing. Mm-hmm. And then the more and more games runs, more and more people are pointing at, at Taylor and more and more. And then it turns into, Taylor isn't it the reason we lost that game there, but everybody's pointing the finger at them. And I don't want that to start with my Ada. I don't want it to be a, oh, he was crap tonight. And then it starts becoming, Let's point the finger at my head every time something goes wrong. No, no, no. It's not just that one player's fault. You know what I mean? So I think he's a top, top player, and I think he's going to be an unbelievable signing for us. I really do. I think he'll be like like Kyogo. I think he'll, he'll be a massive fan's favourite. He'll score goals. And for me, I mean, even if you're not the most... Maybe that's why I've got a bit of soft spot for Taylor, because even if you're not the most talented player in the world, if you give 150% every time you walk on that pitch and blood, sweat and tears for that shot then I'll absolutely love you no matter what. Make mistakes, we all make mistakes, you're going to. That's why I love Taylor and I think Maid is the same. He works, he'll, he'll give everything for the shot and I, I really you, do think he'll be a top player. You love the, mm-hmm. the underdog, William. Everyone loves <laughs> the underdog. Listen, I, mean, I, think, I, think it's in any, I think in any walk of life, but especially in the football field, if you see somebody that's absolutely, like you can hear all the talent in the world, but if you're not absolutely working your arse off for the shot, then I don't want to see anyone yep. on the pitch. Edward. Exactly. <laughs> He's away. I'm not talking about him. Oh, Joe Patrick comes in. Mero will start scoring regularly from Sunday all the way to the last game when we fly the flag. Yes. What a prediction for you, Gio. Ian McIntosh. Yeah, Gio. Must, <laughs> must be the name Gio, just saying we've got to win the league. <laughs> and then, obviously, the game, yes, we've talked about the players, but one thing I do want to touch upon, Franny, we'll have to give 
a massive like shout out and kudos to them Celtic fans who travelled all the way to the Arctic Circle, minus fifty million degrees, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. It looked absolutely freezing. The snow was massive on the side of the pits. They're supporting Celtic through cold, whatever, warm, any climate. There, there are four hundred fans so loud that we bit of the away end. It was absolutely fantastic, bar the scoreline, but them supporters just unreal. Yeah, and I think it's something we are blessed with as a football club. I mean, probably every football club will say their fans are the best in the world, but uh, it's just they just seem to, regardless of where it is and how hard it is to get their times and money, they always seem to be, get a good fall and you always get plenty of folk there. We're obviously still living in the pandemic, so to speak, so I don't know how easy travelling is to Norway and stuff, but still managed to do that and I mean you've got to be a bit of a brave person I mean me and William have no fault house is pretty cold at times but it's that's that must be a different level over over there like that's no for Joe Joe Hart he had about 10 Berghaus Jacobs oh, <laughs> oh I didn't even how did he even dive look like a Michelin I, man I don't know but I know that's why that's, that's why we conceded them two goals <laughs> fair I, I didn't blame him but look Baltic man look Baltic <laughs> But no, nah, you just you've just got to kind of take your hat off to these guys that these guys that make the effort every every away game, not just even going abroad, but you just do it every every week. It's it's a life. That's that's what they do. It's mm. following Celtic. Don't go holidays. That's that's their holidays are going for Celtic. So now nah, fair play to them and well done. Yeah, I think I'm sure you think the same, William. Totally, I I mean. We would all love to do it. I'm not in a fortunate enough position to be able to do that. But I mean, no. like Franny says, it is. It's a way of life, and that's it's, it's your whole your whole focus and your whole time. So fair play to the, the boys, and I try to get to as much as I can, and I'm I'm hoping to get to a few more European away days in the future. But uh, maybe a live pod and a, a away. <laughs> so so sounds um, good. Sounds good. But uh, I just super best fans in the world, aren't we? Yeah, hundred percent. The people are probably thinking. We're 40 minutes in, we're probably nearly finished. I can tell you we're not. And mm-hmm. another another question, William, that is looming large in the Celtic supporters' minds and one myself, to be honest. We win this league, we win the £40 million. What is Celtic's aspirations of European football? Is it an afterthought? Is it an after Christmas as a success? Or should it be this challenge? Let's try and go to a semi-final. Go to a final. Um... Champions League, I don't think. I think it might be a reach at the moment. I'm not saying that it's not going to be a thing. But I, I reckon once Ange gets to build his squad, because let's mind, we're still in this rebuild stage. I know people keep going on about it, but we are still in this rebuild stage. Once he gets <laughs> into his squad, I think it will just go back to the O'Neill Strachan days and let's let's try and make the last 16 in the Champions League and then take it for there, see how far we can go. Uh, let's. But first of all, let's make... Let's make Parkhead a fortress again. Let's exactly. Make so, let's make it so the Barca's and the Milan's and mm-hmm. the biggest teams in the world come to us and, and fear uh, trying to get a result because it's not happening at the moment. Everybody's coming and they're saying, oh, it's the best atmosphere in football and then trouncing us 3-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to make it a fortress again and make it feared to come to us again. We really, really, really yeah. do. And we need to be a force in Europe again because I do agree with you, it's not been good enough. Um but I can understand that this season, maybe not the last few seasons, but I can understand why we're in the position we are in this season. Um, but, I mean, that's... When we were all younger, it's, it, we all looked forward to the derby games and the, the European nights, and the European nights were yep. the absolute pinnacle. Some of my mm-hmm. favourite memories are the European nights at Parkhead, so we need to bring that back again. We want to be able to beat the biggest names in world football, and that's what it's all about. I think, as Ian McIntosh says there, a great point, UEFA Champions mm-hmm. League money will help us attract better players and also finance it. But brings me back to that issue, Franny. We had a, a squad last night, probably borderline, whatever, 30, 40 million pounds to build it. Players of unbelievable experience up against the Bodo Glimp team who basically had nothing in terms of free transfers, maybe a 500,000, 1 million pounds signing. And we still look like we can't compete. I'd say, I think William's right. It looks like Champions League football is a long way away in terms of even getting through a group stage. Like get into the if we win the league this season, we know we're automatically into it. But it depends on the transfer activity we do in the summer if we're even going to put up a challenge or just get slapped about. And that, that's the that's what we have to face because PSG's on it to us, Bayern Munich's on it to us. There has to be a point in time where William McGee said, 
We need to make Parkhead a fortress. And at the minute, it seems like the board treat the Champions League or European football as a whole as a commodity, as something they can live without, but if we get it, it's a bonus. For me as a supporter, that, that doesn't wash. Celtic are a European force. We need to be one. We need to be in European football in some shape or another. Celtic are only remembered in European circles for winning the European Cup, not by domestic dominance. And that's what annoys me. What about yourself? You know, I, I do agree that we need to get back to making Parkhead, like 100% agree we need to get back to making Parkhead a fortress because like, guys like anyone Strachan, it was almost, it was like, didn't matter who came at home in the, the group stages. It was, you were almost looking at it going, this is three points. I'll be, I'll be gutted if we, we don't get three points and it didn't matter the, the opposition. And it has, it's been a while since that has been the case. And I think a lot of that has been a mentality within the board. I think the way they seen it, as long as they were in Europe, regardless of the competition after Christmas, that was deemed a success. It was just they could have, it was selling all we made European football after Christmas again. But really, it was Stuart generally going into two competitions because you failed to qualify for the Champions League and then you dropped into the Europa. And this season, we've dropped into another competition to make it after Christmas. So it's one of them. And then to kind of go back on the Macintosh's comment about the finances, I feel this is, it's not got to take long for me to contradict myself on the whole finance <laughs> argument I think here, because I think he makes a good point. You will, you will, you should on paper be able to buy, buy better players with the offer of Champions League football, the finances to sort of back that up. And then you should, in theory, be able to compete better. So, I mean, my, my whole exactly. finance arguments last I know, but before I can start myself. But... To, be, to be fair, though, I mean, the board, like, we're talking about the board making this an afterthought. I mean, Europe is, it's not, that's not, nothing's changed in that regard. It's always been the case. Even mm-hmm. when I'm no, no. on here, it was domestically, we need to win that league. If we do well in Europe, we do well in Europe. But domestically, and we've not been, back then, we didn't splash. Splash, maybe O'Neill's obviously rebuild it was, was splashed a bit of cash but other than that we're spending more cash now than we ever have so is it to do with finances is bringing in or is it a mentality thing because for me I think that, it's more a mentality because for me that striking side is one of the weakest no. sides we've had in the last 10 years he had us gone as far in Europe as we, are, we have in the Champions League so um I don't see how that's a, that, that's an, an argument to say that the board are just thinking it because I think that's always been the case. It can't be it can't be a mentality set of things. It's totally different players, so you can't you can't compare a mentality with a a player ten years ago than I. I mean, they're not in the team, they're not in the squad, they're retired or whatever. It's not a mentality issue. It's it's an issue for me complacently set in among the board, William. And but that's always I mean, been the case. Yeah, a hundred percent. But that needs to change. I think Ian McIntosh here makes a great point. Ange will have European ambitions. The board will have to match it, or he will call it. It's simple. So how see see for, say say we put Strachan side up against Angie's side now? Who do you think's got the better side? What, uh, say in what in European football? No, if we're going just, by European no, football, just a squad, just a squad of players. Well, obviously, I would say Ange now because well, then what, the, well, the squad. Took but the no, but, so how's that? How's that? A, the, a, a finance and the board need to back it. Then if if we have we spent more money than Strachan ever did, surely. Aye, but what I'm saying is the reason I love Anza Squad now because of the football we play, but we don't back that up in European football. Strachman had a team full of workhorses for the people who just want to get stuck in. Caldwell, McManus, Hartley, Robson. All them players done well in Europe because of the fact that they got stuck in. They weren't the flashy players. They got the results in European football mainly because literally they dug in deep, head on the counter, whip balls in the box. Finnegar has things. Scott McDonald back that AC Milan game. So when he scored the... So then, but then, but that's what I'm saying, but how's that down to the board then? Surely that's down to the man, the last however many managers, they should assign players that are what course. So you blame an Ange? Are you blaming Ange? No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you the question. How? Well, you're saying it's not a mentality thing, so I mean, it's, I, for me, I don't, I, I don't, I don't uh, have this argument about how it's been the board, because I just think it's always been the case, and I think it's, I know the times are changing, but I think we've spent more money in the last three, four, five years than we, we ever have as a football club, and it's probably been our worst run in, in Europe. So, I'm not. We've spent I'm more not, money. We've, we've spent more money in the last three, four, five, ten years because the, the market has increased by like fifty percent. The players that we would have signed under under Lennon and the and the Ronnie Daly, a part of Rogers here, would have gotten for two or three million pounds back in two thousand six, seven, eight, nine. The market's that's what, changed. That's what done this year. We've not signed anybody for any more than Th- three, this, three million. But this is what. But this is what I'm saying. What Ian McIntosh said. Do you think? 
that Anz has ambitions and it's up to the board to match it or he'll call it like he did with Australia. That's what I'm trying I, to get a point. I think the league we play in, it's difficult to attract a, a, a certain standard of player that will compete at that level. I think back then it was a bigger... Like, I mean, the teams we had in the, in the 90s and early 90s were we could attract far far bigger uh, talents or far bigger names, let's say, household names. I don't think we can we can do that anymore. So maybe that's the case. Maybe we can't compete because we can't bring that. When when are you ever going to see, like, Paul Lambert winning a Champions League and coming to Celtic the next season? Uh-huh. When are you ever going to see that at this day and age? It's never going to happen. So maybe it's just with the times and the way the league is now, um, people don't, well, you, put, big names well, don't want to come to our league. McIntosh again comes in. Thanks, Ian. It feels like you've got my back here. <laughs> Strike and perform miracles by downsizing. But the football, what I said, wasn't what I wanted to see. I, which, I totally agree. I'm, that's what I'm trying to get across. And you said we might have, not have the money to compete again. But explain to me how Bolo Glimp smashed Roma 6-1, drew two eights at the Stadio Olympico and slapped us out of two legs. It is possible. Yeah, as we beat Barcelona with Tony Watt up front. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we're going to go and pump Make every it. team in the league. You're saying that we should be beating like we we don't see if you're saying we should be pumping Bodo Glimp. We should be. That's no, it. We should be pumping that. them. That's what you've said. No, I'm saying we should least challenge them. We should least challenge them. We've got the same budget as Hibs and Motherwell. We should be absolutely. That means we should be winning every single week in the league without failing. If we don't, it's an absolute failure. That's it. You, come up, you can come up against. You can come up against. You can come up against any team over two legs, and you you, you shouldn't be turning up with the right to think that you're going to you're going to beat them. And uh, and and Bodo Glimp are not a bad side. We've we spent last year and, and, and Lennon and this is the whole money thing. Lennon Lennon spent what thirty odd million or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you if you match it up with Angie's signings this year, we've not even spent half that. I would say, and and Angie's transfers window smashes Lennon. So it's not all about money in that sense. And you you need no, it's not. You're saying we need we should be splashing the cash. No, I'm saying the compete. So we should be beating him. I've just said the no. transfer window was better than. So do you think it's acceptable, right? Since 2004, now if you're going back with the whole mentality side of things, I'm having on a knockout tie, which includes all the ones it previous. Was mentality. To... I asked you if you thought it was mentality. No, I don't think it's mentality. I think right, it's well, the do with the team. <laughs> it's the do with the team. Got it eventually. <laughs> and, G- and Gio comes in all the players worked their socks off and had some grit in that corner of the team we don't have the grit in this team and Francis it feels like a long time so she's got involved in this conversation but wh- where do you stand what William we're talking about or arguing over <laughs> I can, I can I honestly can see both sides and I probably be saying more to you Stephen until yeah William, uh, until until William pointed out any obvious arguments it was a bit like when we were talking about the set piece thing, and Ross put a big thing on, and I, I really agreed with him and seen it for a different side, and it absolutely killed me when Callum McGregor absolutely repeated what Ross said, and I was like, "That's the last <laughs> thing that that guy had to hear." <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one. Of, I think you can get caught up in the moment, and then when you do what obviously what Williams done is just sit back, take stock, and maybe try and look at it not from a neutral point of view, but from a balanced point of view. It's it's one of them but has people have, have spent more money and we've not done as well people have spent less money and done better so it's I don't know where I'm at right now Stephen I was I was with you until William started I talking think, I, think, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fickle thing I think it's far too easy in football and, and most fans do it I've done it myself where there's a bad result and you just start pointing fingers at whoever that left mm-hmm. he was terrible That the board should get this manager should get whatever and it happens, it happens far too often. And I just think we've been absolutely flying That's this year. That's a fair point, by the way. Sorry, William. Yeah, I definitely. That's what I was going to say about Bodo. Maybe they've mm-hmm. got a good, they've obviously got a very good scouting system. Youth, maybe youth development, I don't know. Which don't points to, to the money. neglect that I was talking about you're by the talking, board. You said we've got, we've got far better finances. <laughs> we do, but we don't need to spend it to be Bodo Glimt. Our squad should have been enough to compete as it stands. Shoot him for a pass back makes, makes a great point. Every single week in world football, top teams are getting beat by lesser teams. It happens. Just because there's been a negative result, it's like, let's point the fingers. We've been flying this year. That They were a good, good side, and they absolutely they pressed us. They Ange balled us, they played us mm-hmm. at their own game and they absolutely battered us. And you've just got sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up and say we'll beat by the better team. 
Well, that's fair enough. I mean, I think we need a sheriff in here. Speaking of sheriff, they beat Real Madrid 2-0 one of the European uh, campaign games. So we'll take stock in that. But I'll come to you as both individually here. I'll come to you, Franny, first. Give William we a brief moment to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> nah, right. What's, what is your European hopes for next season for Celtic? Just to, to not be in the Champions League to make up the numbers. I'm not expecting us to get out of the group. But to just to put in a decent enough performance over the, the six games if we qualify for the Champions League, I'm, I'm going to aim big. And Mo Salah. So I'm basing it on if we got in the Champions League, I would just like us to put in put in a respectable performance with that within the six games. I don't expect to stay even comfort. It's, it's hard because you obviously. Don't really know the teams we've got to come up against, but I think if we came further out, it I would be I'd be happy with that. What about yourself, William? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, honestly, if you want my honest, honest opinion, I think we need a big Go summer window. We need a big summer window if we're going to do anything in Champions League. Um, I, I, and I think I think it's similar to Rogers and Ange. You said it yourself. I play one way, and that's it. If it doesn't work, we keep trying, and we're going to do that. Uh, I think that could catch us out in Europe because Rogers did the same and we got a few trouncings because he stuck to his philosophy mm. and played his mm. way and as much as Neil Lennon got a barrage of abuse last year he knew how to set up shot and, and, and play in Europe and, and to, to be fair I think I think I could probably not say it in this podcast but Gerard, I think Gerard done that really well with Rangers over the last couple of seasons and, and he, mm-hmm. he knew how to play in Europe. And they, I thought they were actually better in Europe because people came and attacked them and they were good in the counter. Uh, so I'm the same as Franny, hopeful. I'll always go into every game thinking we can win. Same as last night. Even when the, the team got put out, it wasn't our strongest side. I was like, we're still going to win this game. Uh, I'll always be confident. But if you're looking at it, you, 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 you just hope we don't get embarrassed if we get mm. big, big teams. Yeah. And I, I have to say, as it was before I get my opinion, James, I really appreciate that comment. I mean, we, do, we, we don't hold back in this podcast. I'm sure everyone can tell. There's no errors <laughs> and graces about us. If we think something is an opinion that we believe in, we'll, we'll go strongly for it. And again, it's just about debating opinions and no one's and ever... And we're telling wrong all the time, so... Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, listen, to, listen to our line-up and score predictions. Don't be putting them in the boogies. Also, bet responsibly as well. But you look at it, I mean, for me, I agree with William, finally. We need a big window if we have any chance of competing in the UEFA Champions League competition in terms of the group stage. We all know the finances of, of club football. Um, I'll look. I mean, I don't want to settle. I mean, I would settle for third place, like like Franny, in terms of dropping down the Europa League, but make a fist of it. Not just we'll turn up, we'll hope for the Conference League, and then again the afterthought, the Christmas, and then it kind of tails off. Ans Postecoglou has said it; he wants to challenge in all fronts. Although that lineup didn't really scream that. But before we move on, I want to get the comments involved again. Egyptian king comes in. Sadly, should be looking at Seagrist in the summer. It's back up for heart. A lot of people are seeming to I've say that. I've heard that a lot. I, I would I say. It, but I just, I don't think Seagrist that has has sort of a, what is it thirty one or something. I don't think he's what to come in and be a number two. Really. Yeah. Shea sixty seven. Play the Celtic way. Go toe to toe with Europeans elite. Get the world talking about our team with respect again. Love it, Shay. Glasgow rebel comes in. That lineup yesterday screamed. Looking forward to Sunday against Hibs. People need to stop panicking. Winning this league guarantees 40 million to the winner. That is much yeah. more important. Again, Agreed. opinions, I would disagree with that. Glasgow Rebel, I won as a challenge in Europe. I thought it was achievable. But again, Stephen, all about Stephen opinions. Stephen, the league, Stephen, and you got to be bothered about last night. Not talking about that yet. Ian, <laughs> yeah, 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 Stephen, <laughs> see, see if somebody said to you last night, you can either win the Europa Conference League or the league, one or the other, you hit to choose. What, what? would you choose? What's in my hand? No, I'm, obviously, <laughs> I, would, I would choose the Scallies Premier League. Come on, but we need to make a fist of it question. in the Conference League. Right. No, we do. Ian McIntosh, Ange will have plans in mind if we qualify for the Champions League. Business will, <coughs> will be done early. Joe Patrick, spot on, William. Need to keep her feet in the ground. Egyptian <laughs> King, I can see Ange dipping into the Iran market. Seagrass, Ian agrees with the Seagrass. Fly the flag, boys. 
and Seagrass is on a pre-contact with Rangers, according to Shay. So like I'm not really too bothered by Seagrass, to be fair. But we do need better. <laughs> we, do, we, we do need better in terms of uh, goalkeeping backup options. But that European de- debate was fun, guys. It was fun. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna move to domestic action, and we are Thank back Christ. in it at, East, at Easter Road. Um, Franny. Hibs are on a bit of an indifferent spell with some only some good results, <coughs> some poor results. Obviously, they're getting used to his style of play coming from the Belgian setup. But again, it's a, another tricky tie that Celtic need to be right up for after this European defeat. Yeah, definitely, Stephen. Because you just you want to kind of put last night to bed, and that's Hibs happens to be the next opportunity to do that. So, uh, it's, I'm I'm fairly confident going into it, but. Our recent sort of a domestic form of we're winning. The performances haven't been what they were at the start. After the break, the last couple of games have been, wouldn't say they've been vintage performances. So it's, I do feel we need to play a lot better in, in Sunday than we have been. And I, I, I think we will. I was crossed. We all feeling that just somebody slapped my one away 10 or three field days, I'll be favouring that. But <laughs> I do, I've, I'm fairly confident going into every domestic game now. It's just that when we touch on the whole we don't stop, we don't stop. It just it just seems to I know it it just doesn't seem to work in Europe so much but it seems to be working in in the domestic side and the fact that when without going into lineups, there's there will be a lot of players that come back up that that will make our team a lot stronger and the, the midfield three will be a lot more balanced as well so and then when we went our last game, if you go, I know it was a different manager at the time and Hibs were obviously weren't in a great position then, but the first sort of 40 minutes is one of the best performances we've seen for Celtic last season, the last time we were at Easter Road. So I think I've got the players and manager, well, Jack and Marcus, we know for a kickoff, is confident going into it. So I believe that's hmm. a mentality within the dressing room. I, I do think every player in that dressing room will be going into that game thinking it's three points up. We're, yeah. we're I agree. For this. I 100% agree. Glasgow Rebel comes in. We don't have the pedigree we once had in Europe. We need to move on and realise we are no longer in the same bracket as 99% of the teams in European football. If it's finance he's talking about, uh, I totally agree. But in terms not, of the pedigree... I'm not so sure about that, man. I think no. we've spent money. I just think we can't attract the level of player we did last year. Like I said, I go back to Paul Lambert winning a Champions League medal and coming out the season after. There's no way in hell that's going to happen in the modern day. We can't attract the same amount of players. Craig Berlin, they were playing for Chelsea. Even Sutton's and that, they're playing for Chelsea's in the Premier League. There's no way somebody that's playing the for Premier a team League at that level, top, in the Premier top, League. Aye, a top six, seven team in Premier League is going to leave them to come to us. It's just not going to happen now. Right, that, that's fair enough. But I mean, back to domestic football, because we'll be here again <laughs> for an, another two two to five hours. No means speaking about all this because there's so many mm-hmm. different people's opinions, which is great, by the way. Get involved in the podcast. We do love the comments. I mean, it's fair to say, William, that our form has dipped since the, the Derby game, the Glasgow yeah. Derby game. We've kind of been on a, a downturn, a tricky game at Dundee. We made it hard for ourselves. Obviously, point of the, the Europa Conference League ties over both legs with, with field. End of this game, it is a, a tricky one. It could be, potentially. Uh, it could be. I don't see it being that way. I really think, well, like Franny said, there's, I reckon there's six or seven changes from that midweek team coming in. We, we missed six or seven first-team regulars. Uh, Hibs haven't been great. I watched them the other week there against Arbroath, and they were they were pretty poor, to be fair. Uh, so I'm still to get them going. Uh, it will be tricky. I'm not saying we're going to go and, and smash them, but um, I think we've got enough in the tank. To put them away, I do agree with you. I think we're on a wee bit of a, uh, we're not flying as high as we were. Two European ties, and we've had a few, but I mean, champions win games like we've been winning recently, and I think we'll continue to do that. So, back on track in a couple of weeks, nobody will be even Bodo Gumper in the rear view, man. I'm not really even discussing them anymore, and we'll, we'll be we'll be flying again. I mean, Glasgow Rebel again, great to see these comments coming through. They love reading about. The last 11 games are cup finals. <laughs> we will see within the next 11 games who can cut it at Celtic, and we can't. We we also see who has a real battle. I, I, I totally agree with that. And William, stand with yourself. Line up and score predictions. I reckon he'll go Hart, Juranovic, CCV, Starfelt, Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, Kalmak, 
number six, Hatate, and I think he'll go with Rogic. Okay. Uh, and a front three of Abada, Jota, and Giacomakis, I think. It's, it's a strange one because I don't think Jota, Jota's not been starting much recently. Mm. Coming off the no, bench he hasn't a lot. Been. And I don't know if yeah. it's, he's been back for his injury for a while, so it's it's a real strange one. He's been going with my aid on the left, but I think. <coughs> so is Forrest. That's true, right? So I think he'll give him a game and uh, a, you want a score prediction or no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we'll win comfortably. I think it'll be 3 0. Fair enough. Um, Egyptian King has predicted 3 0 as well. So you're on track with that one. And Franny, what about yeah. yourself? Go half of the uh, rookies. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, I don't think I'm changing any Williams lineup there. That's probably what I would go with as well. And I think that's what he'll, he will go with. And I've, I'll go for a wee 3 1. 3 1. I mean, shooting for his pass back's not, not far off of Europe. Score protection, he went 4 1. So I think I'll go Joe Hart, I'll go Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor, McGregor, Hatate. Every time I have that pasta called me cough, it doesn't go away. Hatate, I'll start already. I think Rodzik has just been off the boil for the last couple of games. So has already, but he's only new. He's only new in the team. I'll go Abada, Yakimagas, and Jada. I do actually think, I agree with you, William, and it's strange how he's not. Started or featured no, in, in more games, and then Egyptian King comes in. <coughs> I can see Ralston at right back and Juranovic at left, but I don't, I don't want that happening. To be honest, I don't. I, want, I, think I, think, be... I think you lost a lot of Juranovic at left back. Yeah, and then Geo Patrick comes in a free-two Sally with and guys, we're going to move on to the quiz, and I wonder what's <laughs> going to happen. List. Week. I also did it. Oh, by the way, I really did it. Yeah, I know. I know you don't. I mean. <laughs> It is squad numbers. It's I'll hear a better teaser. I'll hear a better teaser um, next time, by the way. James has that. I agree with you, William. 3 0. But you'll time for squad numbers quiz. You'll be struggling, quiz if, with... you'll be struggling to fix it then if it's squad numbers. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I true. True. Right. So you know the score. Everyone watching along, put your guesses in. I'll keep track with them as well. And it's best of five or first to three, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We'll just have fun with it. Right. We'll start. You just shout it out. Whoever gets it first. I was done out last time. <laughs> Joe Patrick already. No cheating tonight, fellas. No <laughs> chance. No chance. Right. So we'll start with Kylo Torre. 12. No, Pranit, over to you. <laughs> Two. Two. Bingo. One nil. Uh, just need to take away the one. Then I carry the one, Molly. That's just <laughs> Mark. Antoine Fortuné. 10. Franny, 2-0. What? What? Oh, my God. How did you get it first? <laughs> William, <laughs> don't don't hit me because you can't beat me now. Come on, big man. All right, okay. <laughs> Jeremy Aliadier. 14. Oh, wow, 2-1. What a shout. 2-1, 2-1. Wow. I was going right, to love let's see. I was going to love him. Stuart Kerr. 32. No, one more guess each. 12. No, Franny. 25. 22. No. 22. I mean, it was 21. Shay's laughing at you. Ah! Right. It's 22. 2-1 two, 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 one, two, one to Franny. If you get this next one, your own thing here. Ooh, that where we go. Jackson Irvine. <laughs> 42. Oh, my Jesus, man. Go ahead, Franny. Have a wee pot at this. for like a 53 or something. No, I actually scroll past it. I forget. Because <laughs> he's worth getting it. Um, let's go with Mohamed Kamara. Three. Two each? Will he oh, pulls no. it back? Will you he sound surprised at the squad numbers. You've seen the neck of me the twice I've been doing <laughs> Martin Weekhorst. Eight. Thirteen. Oh, no. One more guess, eight. I love it. Fifteen. Franny gets it. Eleven. Franny wins. Three, two. Love it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and see as well, and people who are listening and <coughs> getting involved in the comments also on other uh, media platforms you are going to be listening later on and fire catch up and stuff on YouTube. Episode 100 is approaching really fast for us, guys, and it's actually been an incredible journey, and it's unbelievable. Episode 100 will be a big... Scottish Cup quiz because we planned on the United that weekend, I believe, isn't it? So, yes, 
and I'll, I'll be focused around that. We'll have plenty of drinks in. We'll have a laugh. Get involved in the comments like you have been tonight. It's much appreciated. Anthony's going to host, so there's going to be teams and stuff, so it will be good crack. We're you all going to be involved. have a nice jacket on, Tay. A nice jacket. Pink velvet <laughs> will be back. And it's, it's it's going to be incredible, to be honest. There's going to be a big extravaganza. I think the first time on video, all six of us has been on. Well, no, the chase, actually. So the chase was a good episode, but second time, it'll be fantastic. Nah, I wasn't either. I, I, I wasn't either. That, that's fair enough. So keep an eye out for episode 100 and get involved with that. Get a few beers for yourself, wine, whatever your choice of beverage is. And William, I'll come to yourself first. Have you enjoyed this one? Plenty of debate, I thought. Plenty of debate, mate. I, I said that to you before that. I think there was going to be plenty of debate and uh, loving all the comments that come in and seeing people's opinions and, and debating as well. It's it's superb. That's what it's all about. And what about yourself, Ronnie? Oh, I loved that. I even put my feet up at one point when you guys were talking. So it was <laughs> nice and relaxed. It was a good one. And like you boys have said, it's great just seeing the comments coming in. But not saying we're right all the time. It's just no. it's one guy's opinion, isn't it? That's all yeah. we are. At the end of the day, just we're just... We're just like Celtic fans, like everybody else, give an opinion on the topic we all love, and that's Celtic Football Club. And yeah. Ian McIntosh will end with yourself tonight. Top <laughs> show, boys. And in the meantime, until next week, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.